0: As tends to happen with the transfer portal out of nowhere, the Hoosiers are right in the top five of a new player. Happy Thursday everybody. You are locked on Hoosiers, the one and only daily IU podcast. We're part of the Locked On network. Your team every single day. We're free and available everywhere you guys get podcasts, including on YouTube where you'll see I pointed to my the screen on my monitor. We have a new setup, some new graphics. Looks awesome. Come on over, check it out. Subscribe while you're over here. Thank you for making us your first listen every day. I'm your host as always, Jacob Rude. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. Don't miss a chance to get your no sweat first bet up to $2,500 in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash locked on. Out of nowhere on uh, Wednesday, I-, I spoke to you guys. We I had planned on doing a season recap video And then boom, the Hoosiers are suddenly in the top five for a player that had not been discussed at all linked to Indiana Dayton transfer. And you're going to have to bear with me here. I looked it up. Mike sheriff sheriff jamst. Uh, (laughs) he withdrew from the 2023 NBA draft Uh, ESPN reported this. He is in the portal. And he narrowed his school options down to Indiana, Memphis, Pittsburgh, Nebraska, and San Francisco. That's all from Jonathan Gavoni of Draft Express. A lot of interesting, and I mean that in a good way, kind of fascinating things about him. You can tell based by his last name, he is not from America. He is Mongolian which gives him one of the best nicknames Mongolian Mike which is absolutely what we're calling him mainly because I probably butchered his last name and I don't want to keep doing that a more interesting note uh relative to Indiana is that he played uh with the with Gabe Cups on the AAU circuit So there's a connection there. He is the first Mongolian citizen to play division one basketball. And his father was the first Asian Harlem Globetrotter. Lots to unpack there. Those are all your fun facts on him. Who is he as a player? He's six, eight 180 pounds listed as a forward. That's where it's a little surprising. Because we talked a lot, everything seemed to indicate, just looking at the roster, that IU would go after a a guard to shoot the ball. And that's not really what uh, Mongolian Mike is good at. Uh, he, last season, played 32 games for Dayton, started 20 of them, uh, played 23 minutes. He shot 38% from the field, but... 47 percent from two and 31 percent from three he's not a shooter only averaged 5.6 points 2.6 assists though 1.9 rebounds a lot to kind of unpack in that regard because he is a 6-8 forward at least that's what he's listed but he averaged more assists than rebounds really interesting player he also averaged 2.1 2.1 fouls per or, uh, per game at 23 minutes. So, a uh, little bit foul prone. And just kind of a young player. He averaged 1.5 turnovers. He had 48 turnovers in 32 games. Like, there's a lot of things there that he looked like a freshman. Just, you can tell by looking at the stats. But he seems to be a very interesting player just not someone i think many people expected to be on the hoosiers radar if you look at the evan mia stats which we've every day as we know we reference this all the time for advanced analytics uh he was a pretty decent defender last season i don't put a ton of weight into their defensive metrics uh he was slightly above average offensively what's interesting is his position is listed at 1.8, which means one being shooting guard, two, or one being point guard, two being shooting guard, so on and so forth. 1.8 means they considered him point guard slash shooting guard in a lot of lineups. So someone that even at 6'8 can play more on the perimeter, um, his or his role which describes whether he's more of a creator or a receiver was at a 3.3. So far more on the receiver side uh, than the creator side, but really a interesting player. Admittedly, I don't know um, anything about him other than what I could research on Wednesday when this came out. Not a name I knew. I didn't watch Dayton. I'm sure some of you guys did. If you did, let me know what you think of him Uh, in the YouTube comments, on Twitter, wherever it may be. Let me know what your guys' thoughts on him are, but uh, not someone I'm familiar with, and if the Hoosiers get a bit more serious on this, we can dive in a little bit deeper at the player he is. Um, It sounds like he's going to make his choice in the next week or so. It also sounds like the Hoosiers have kind of expressed preliminary interest, and we'll see how hard they go after him with things kind of shaping up now the deadline for withdrawing from the draft was wednesday at eleven i'm sure a lot of you guys saw a number of names uh returned from the draft especially a number of guys in the big 10 zach Eady, among them uh they there were a lot of you can spin this however you want, but a lot of guys from the big 10 went through the draft process and were told no. And that compare that to what uh, Jalen Huchafino and Trace Jackson Davis, both potentially first round picks. Uh, they will, we will see, uh, we will see their names called and there's a lot of other big 10 players. We want Zach Edie's coming back, Coleman Hawkins, Terrence Shannon, uh, coming back. Um, a number of guys who, the uh, they'll be returning to the Big Ten this year. So, we saw that deadline come. A number of guys withdrew from the draft, but entered the portal. And that was kind of the last hurdle. So, IU will get a chance to survey the land, see all those guys who returned, but are, are going to the portal. Those names I mentioned, Edie's going back to Purdue, Hawkins back to... Illinois same with Terrence Shana none of those guys are switching but there were guys that withdrew and entered into the transfer portal and we will see if IU prioritizes any of them or prioritizes Mongolian Mike Uh, but certainly a very fascinating new name to be added to the list here that uh, I don't think any of us really expected so we'll keep you updated on that as things shape up over the next week. We heard from Mike Woodson himself, as well as Tom Allen, on Wednesday. Mike Woodson had some interesting and very direct thoughts on what this new IU roster is going to look like and how they're going to play next season. And I want to talk about that. We'll do that here in a moment. We mentioned them as the sponsor of today's podcast, though. Let's talk about FanDuel. Make a fast break to FanDuel during the NBA playoffs, the NBA Finals, to be exact. Because right now, new customers can get a no-sweat first bet up to $2,500. That is obscene. $2,500 back in bonus bets if your first bet does not win. FanDuel is my go-to site to use. It's what I've been using to bet on during the NBA uh, playoffs. The final start tonight, we mentioned that it'll be Thomas Bryant and the Nuggets. Versus Cody Zeller, Oladipo, and the Heat. Oladipo obviously not playing. Uh, Thomas Bryant probably isn't going to play except for garbage time. Zeller very well could play. So if you guys want to tune in to that, head on over to FanDuel. While you do it, throw some money down. It's there's no risk, you guys. Even if you lose, you will get uh, bonus bets back. And there's no better place to bet on all the playoff action than America's number one sports book. So visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and get a no sweat first bet up to $2,500. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on FanDuel, official sports betting partner of the NBA. Big shout out to you guys for making us your first listen every single day. Every dayers, assuming nothing else wild happens, tomorrow on the show we'll do those season recaps on Sarah Scalia and Chloe Moore McNeil that we were going to do today. But uh, be sure to tune into that. If you guys have missed, we've talked on a number of other players in the recent weeks. Mackenzie Holmes on Wednesday's show. Uh, we talked a lot of men's basketball, Trey Galloway. Uh, we talked Trace, Ray smiller Kopp A lot of guys on that side we've talked. So you guys can go back and listen to some of those. Mike Woodson and Tom Allen appeared, I believe it's Huber's Winery is where they were at, Uh, something that used to be a uh, fundraiser for the program, for the athletics program, uh, has become a fundraiser for Hoosiers for Good, the NIL, which I actually like a lot more, Huber's Farm and Winery. It's an annual event where Mike Woodson, Tom Allen... Go up there, talk about, or take questions from fans, talk about things. And they have a little presser, a little media scrum uh, that they talk for about 10 minutes or so. We're going to talk about Tom Allen's comments in the final segment. But I wanted to talk about Mike Woodson's because it's been really interesting. We've heard kind of, I don't even want to say secondhand. We heard from assistant coaches that IU's play style was going to be different this year. Mike Woodson himself talked about it at length. If you guys can find the video, I would recommend going and listening to it because this IU team is going to play a lot different. And Mike Woodson kind of made that clear. He talked about the play style. Uh, Quote, I coach Carmelo Anthony and Amari Stoudemire, but they could step out and make shots and do a lot of other things from a coaching standpoint. I can go back to my comfort zone and how we somewhat played in New York. That was in regards to having forwards that weren't, like trace and to a certain degree race that back guys down, play in the post that way. He was speaking about wanting guys, more players that are facing the basket. And that's the play style he wants. He found success with the Knicks playing a front court of Amari and Carmelo as your four and five, which at the time was that's that we see that now. And we think, yeah, that's small ball for those that watch the NBA that wasn't how guys played then. That, that was up against Roy Hibbert and David West in the NBA playoffs in the Pacers. And those were two old school traditional bigs. So to play those types of guys in that situation, they found success doing it. And that was through Mike Woodson. And it's a lot of those types of moments are why we've said things are going to look different. And Mike Woodson just kind of came out and said the quiet part loud on Wednesday and said, yeah, things are going to look different. He called it getting back into his, quote, comfort zone of having bigs get out and run and play fast, get out early. If there are post-up opportunities against mismatches or quick early post-ups, you can go to that. But this isn't going to be an offense anymore built around posting up. And we've discussed that. Every day, as we'll remember, after that Miami... Uh, loss in the tournament that we kind of just said we need to be more like Miami, and that's what Mike Woodson it looks like what he wants to do. And you can just look at the roster and say, and and see that that's the type of guys he wants. He traded in a Logan Duncombe, a uh, Trey Jackson Davis or Ray Thompson. I don't want to say traded in because um, those guys that left and what he brought back in to fill those holes are a lot more modern types of guys. Kalel Ware, McKenzie Mbako, Malik Renew, even is a a bit more modern, even though he certainly has his array of moves in the post. So it's going to look a lot different. And and Mike Woodson spoke about kind of the roster he's built this uh, spring through the transfer portal through recruiting, uh, quote, in Atlanta in the NBA. I caught a lot of hell early on when we built that team. It was basically 6'7", 6'8", 6'9", players, and I can go down the list. Everyone was like, why? I think you've got to build a defensive system first and then figure it out offensively. We've seen that. We switched a lot and we came, became a pretty good defensive team in Atlanta. The fact that we added a 7-footer, this is talking about the current team, Ware, added a 7-footer, a 6'10 guy, a six-eight guy, Walker as well. Forgot to mention, that helps us defensively. It helps us at the rim. It helps us rebounding. A lot of things coming along with that, adding longer, athletic, rangy guys on your team. Think back to that Miami game. How frustrating was it to see the Hoosiers get pounded on the offensive glass, not having enough guys that could rebound and, and not enough front court guys that could make an impact? If you're having Kalel Ware, Malik Reno. McKenzie Mbako, anthony walker peyton sparks that's a lot of uh guys you can throw out there now if somebody isn't rebounding switch it up have somebody else come in and maybe they can rebound and that's a lot of size you can throw out there but it's not simply just size it's athletic players and again i'll keep referencing this every day or as well here that if you look at the players mike woodson's been targeting in the in high school recruiting it is the 676869 guys that can do a bit of any of everything and play facing the basket and it's a trend that we had monitored and noticed and talked about before and now he's coming out and saying exactly what we have kind of been mentioning that those are the guys he wants he wants a court full of those types of guys that can make plays, that can defend, that can be long and rangy and athletic and put pressure on the rim and help rebound and get out and run. Everybody wants those guys, certainly, but that's the type of team Mike Woodson wants to build. And now we we see him kind of at work building that team this spring, and now we hear him talk about it. I think this is going to be a really fun team to watch. There's going to be plenty of questions about how good they're going to be, But if nothing else, this IU team, they're going to play fast. They're going to be much more modern. And I think they're going to be a really fun team to watch. They're going to be a lot of highlight plays with this team. If they get things right, there'll be a lot of wins. And I think they're going to have a lot of guys off the bench that can make an impact this year. We thought that might be the case last season. The injury to Xavier Johnson changed that up a little bit and then just kind of woeful underperforming from a number of guys. We don't have to single them out, but a number of guys underperforming meant that IU didn't have a bench at all by the end of the season. We're going to head into this season with another situation, especially in terms of those types of bigs and and rangy players. IU's going to have some of them they can turn to off the bench. We'll see if they won't be struck by injuries and underperforming again, and those guys can live up to... Uh, What the expectation I think will be, but it's going to be a fun team and and I'm really excited. Again, I spoke about this on Wednesday's episode talking about Mackenzie Holmes and how excited I was to see her back on the court. This men's basketball team is going to be really fun really exciting to see. It's June. We're going to have to wait five more months, over five more months to see this team, but boy, I think it's going to be a really fun one once they get on the court uh, I believe today is when guys really start arriving to uh, campus to do summer workouts and begin kind of individual workouts. And so we'll see more videos, things of that nature, but it's going to be a really interesting season, seeing what Mike Woodson's vision for this team and this program is now moving forward. Tom Allen also spoke on Wednesday, provided a lot of updates on the quarterback room, including the quarterback battle and Dexter Williams health. We'll talk about that here in just a moment. Quarterbacks were one of the big talking points for Tom Allen, as he talked to the media on Wednesday. Obviously a lot of people want to know, everybody wants to know uh, the quarterback battle and you're going to be shocked to know They don't have any answers. He says the expectation is to have a starter named internally, at least, by the second fall camp scrimmage. That's what happened last year. They made their decision pretty early on and then let that person get reps with the first team and the the number ones for the rest of the fall camp so that they had at least some chemistry built up. I still contend it's probably going to be Taven Jackson. I can't imagine he transferred here to sit, but unofficially it's a competition. I don't know how much I believe that, but I think it is uh, two guys that are both going to, no matter who's the quarterback next season, there's going to be some growing pains. And that certainly... Uh, is going to be the case, whether it's Taven Jackson or Brendan Soresby. But ultimately, I think it'll be Taven Jackson. Dexter Williams, this would be his job, if not for that freak, horrific injury at the end of the season. The good news is he is ahead of schedule. He's not going to be ready for the start of the season. But he very well could be ready for this season. That is quite the turnaround. As Tom Allen said, they don't really have a timeline right now that they're working with. They're kind of playing things by ear, but it is on the table that he suits up this season, which is way ahead of the initial schedule. Uh, he said, "Quote: We weren't quite there. weren't quite as many things damaged, injured, torn, broken uh, as they initially thought." And that's not something they could uh, really know until they, I mean, to be kind of uh, gruesome about it, until they opened him up and looked, until they got him under the knife and looked and saw what the damage was, they weren't really going to be able to tell what the situation was. Tom Allen said it was initially described to him as the Teddy Bridgewater injury, but maybe not quite as bad. That's kind of a niche uh, thing to reference, but those of you that remember the Teddy Bridgewater injury back when he was with the Vikings, there were worries that he might lose his leg. That's how gruesome and awful that one was, and that gives you a sense of how bad this was for Dexter Williams. So to see him recouping, rehabbing ahead of schedule and possibly being back in uniform this season is uh miraculous honestly i don't think that's an overstatement that he could even consider that having said all that there i would be really 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 surprised if dexter williams played this year he might suit up i don't imagine he's going to play even with that even with not having certainty at the quarterback position uh, in terms of who's starting and both those guys being young tom allen said he doesn't anticipate they're going to add another scholarship quarterback for 2023 at this point he said with the dynamic between both those guys being young but them kind of wanting to commit to one of them for right now it's hard to bring in a transfer quarterback in that situation so it's not something they're looking to do so this is your quarterback room it's going to be Taven Jackson Brendan Soresby Dexter Williams will be kind of a, a voice in that room and honestly, one of the more experienced voices in that room. And then you have Brock Lowry and Blaze McKibben, and that is the extent of your quarterback room. Those five guys, so not a ton of depth there. Certainly no experience. Some excitement, maybe. One other thing of note: uh, Jalen Lucas did speak there as well. Uh, Tom Allen said he ran a four three three forty this uh, summer. Or this spring, which would have been like top five fastest at the Combine. Jalen Lucas is incredible. We spoke about him this uh, month as well. He was first team All-American, Athlon Sports, first team All-Big Ten, all that stuff. He said he's going to play more in the slot as well as in the backfield. Good. Get him the ball as much as possible. The other thing I wanted to mention is that there were times and – tv location set for i use first four games of the season they're going to open with ohio state but the good news is it'll be on a saturday 3 30 cbs so it'll be on national tv as we get our butts kicked (laughs) the indiana state game is on a friday at either seven or eight o'clock on big 10 network so under the lights and then the next two games uh in louisville and indiana at lucas oil stadium will be at noon on the big 10 network rutgers in indiana will be at noon not sure on a time though or a location excuse me for tv that's not until october 21st uh if i had to guess the reason they did that is that's going to be the homecoming game and they wanted to it is the homecoming game so that is why it is a noon start on that one so there's, there's some excitement, I think, around the football program. It's just uh, also some uncertainty. He, Tom Allen also spoke about the biggest area of improvement, to kind of wrap this up, from kind of any position group he saw, was the defensive line. And we mentioned that a little bit, but there's some, some studs on this defensive line. Andre Carter was a first name he mentioned as someone who's going to be really, really good. He could be in for a really good season for the Hoosiers this year. Philip Bleedy was the other one, another transfer as well, uh, another name that he highlighted as someone that has stood out to him on the defensive line. IU had to really remake this defensive line through the transfer portal. They've done a really good job, but it, we won't really know, basically, until they get out on the field. Andre Carter, obviously, come from Western Michigan. Philip Bleedy from Texas Tech. So... The Hoosiers had to change some things up on the defensive line. Hopefully it leads to more success, something that hasn't been there with that position group in the last couple years under Tom Allen. Even when the Hoosiers were good, there wasn't a ton of success with that defensive line. So hopefully they can turn things around this season. Thanks again, guys, for making Lockdown Hoosiers your first listen every day. Every day is tomorrow on the show. We'll talk Sarah Scalia, Chloe Moore-McNeil, some women's basketball to wrap up this week. Follow us on Twitter if you have not already. Subscribe to the podcast. Leave a rating and review. All that stuff helps us out immensely. Can't thank you guys enough for that. As always, though, guys, I hope everyone has a terrific Thursday. Most importantly, LEO.